Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome, back. Welcome to Radio Islam International with me, Sister Faiza Munshi, on the New Horizons program on this Wednesday morning, alhamdulillah. I'm hoping everyone has settled down. Emotions have settled down. First day of school for lots of people, lots of kids. I know some kids may have started a few days ago, perhaps Monday. Some very few schools started last week, but the bulk of our kids, I think, have started school today. A lot of emotion from different grades and different schools and different for, for different reasons. Um, and I think as parents, like I was discussing with someone earlier, you know, it's like. The emotion of the parents is more than the, that of the kids. So, yeah, we'll talk about the, a little bit about that later on in the program, inshallah. So there's two uh, two parts of the program. First part of the program, inshallah, we're going to be speaking to Sister Sadia Sayed, who is a doula, um, birth and postnatal doula. And we're going to talk to her about why becoming a doula is the perfect career path. And then, like I mentioned last week, um, going to be doing a part of the program will be about life lessons. So it's a space to ponder weekly about the little things and the big things that take place in our world and the lessons that we derive from it. So inshallah this week you can look forward to something different to what I discussed last week, alhamdulillah. But now we've got my guest on, Sister Sadia. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, it's great to have you on again. Jazakallah for having me once again. So tell us, um, uh, you know, it's it's always nice to start off this because people, somebody may have listened to you before on the program or not. Um, but I always love to start the program asking my guests, you know, what is it about that they do? But what is it that really gives them that passion and love for what they do? Um, so I think first and foremost, it has to start with a passion for mums and babies and changing the way women birth. Um, unfortunately, in, in South Africa, we have a, a lot of people that can't afford medical aids and, and, you know, being able to go to private hospitals and that sort of thing. So I find that doulas are a completely different entity from your gynae, from your midwife, from your GP, from any care provider. So we there basically just to change the way the woman birth. So to give them that support, to give them that continuous positive support during their pregnancy, during their labor and postpartum period. So yes, it starts off with having a passion for mums and babies and wanting to change the way women birth. So today's program, today's program, we're not really, we're not talking just fully about what a doula does, etc. because we've done that, but we really are looking at the question of, you know, a career path. Um, something where it's that time of the year, you know, it's the beginning of the year, um, a lot of kids coming out of matrix, so many young adults who are not sure about what they want to study. There's so many options to consider. We look at the worldwide need also for doulas and how this field is becoming a, a great space for young adults. Um, so let's, we're going to look at it from, from the perspective of, you know, a doula, um, which Sadia is, and just trying to figure out, you know, what is this career path? Is it something that perhaps one of my children could get into? Um, do they have a passion for, like she mentioned, babies and women and birthing and, you know, being in that environment, etc. So let's let's go to the basics first, uh, Sadia. Is it what is a birth doula and what is a postnatal doula? Okay, so a birth doula is somebody that's going to attend your birth. Okay, so from the onset of your labor, right up until your baby's born, a birth doula will be with you. So she would probably see you like two or three times in your pregnancy to discuss like your birth plan, um, where you're going to birth. She would give you exercises, do an antenatal class with you. So prepare you 
to, to prepare the patient for the the labor um, to get your baby into optimal position to help you with healthy eating with good a diet with adequate you know information good information where the mom doesn't feel the need to be googling everything about her pregnancy about her birth so her doula would be like her go-to person without the the medical aspect of it so a birth doula is a doula that would accompany a mom and a dad um, throughout the entire labor process, right up until the baby's born, assist the mum with breastfeeding, getting, you know, sort of settled after birth, etc. And then a postpartum doula is a doula that would go home after the mum has been discharged from hospital. So she would help the mum massage the baby, bath the baby, help with court care, with the circumcision care, if it's you know, if there is a circumcision, um, she would then massage the mum, offer massages for the mum, offer breastfeeding assistance. So if the mum is having issues with regards to, to breastfeeding her baby, the doula, if the doula is equipped, if she's done enough um, education with regards to breastfeeding, then she would offer breastfeeding help uh, to that mum. Also, just helping the mum settle, you know, getting through that, that postpartum, that baby blues, that, um, you know, the, those changes. Your body and your hormones are going through huge changes, different changes. So the doula is someone that would come in every day. And if the mum is feeling overwhelmed and she feels like it's too much for her, she would chat to her doula. Her, her doula would be trained in offering her adequate support. And then obviously, if it goes beyond that, then she would then refer her back to her gynae. And then her gynae would have to prescribe medication or do a psychologist or a therapist. Or, but if the doula is equipped, then she can help the mom overcome like mild baby blues and changes, etc. So the birth doula is attending your birth. And a postnatal doula is somebody that supports you during your postpartum period. So while you were talking, there's so many questions that popped into my mind. But one of the big ones for me would be um, when you're looking at this as a career path, um, and you talk about so much about what you do. So you're in very close contact with a person. Um, you're in their personal space. You're in, in a, at a time when it's very... You know, it's a very emotional time for parents because, like Absolutely. you said, sometimes there's issues with the pregnancy or the birth, etc. So it's a very emotional time for families, and you're very close to that. So when we look at the, we'll talk about educational stuff in that in a few, you know, it, through the program. But I want to look at when it comes to who you are as a person and a personality type, almost um, mm -hmm. that would really be suited to something like this. What would you say is important? So I think um, having empathy, you know, uh, showing empathy towards a mom, having lots of patience, knowing when to say no, knowing when the mom requires more support than others. Um, you know, sometimes I didn't burst where I'm there for 20 hours long. And if exhausted as I am, I can't throw in the towel and be like, okay, I'm tired, I need to leave it. 20 hours is going for an entire day. You have to be there. You have to support the mom because she's now at the end of her labor and that's where she needs you the most. So, you know, patience is key. Um, you have to have that personality. You have to be a people's person. You can't, you can't be like cold. You can't be someone that, you know, that doesn't like to sort of massage or like, mm -hmm. you know, get, get in touch with, with the mom. It, 
it, it, it wouldn't work for you as a person. So you have to be, so I know some people don't like that, where they don't like getting massages or they don't like receiving massages for that matter. Um, they, you know, they feel like breastfeeding is a very um, sacred thing. It's a very personal thing. So they don't like to do that as well. With being a doula, you have to be do, open to be doing all these things. It's, you're in a very sacred um, space of a mom. So you have to be um, willing to like sort of do those things and even if it means like cleaning up blood after a birth or vomit or whatever you have to do those things you can't go there and be like oh this is you know this is not for me and I can't <laughs> be touching someone else's blood or like vomit or like you know <laughs> with the membranes rupture on your shoes which happens to me very often so you know you can't be like a, like an icky person where you don't like yeah. like yeah, well, you don't, you're, you're not open to that sort of thing. And it definitely wouldn't work for you. So you can't be that squeamish kind of person that goes, you know, that, that absolutely holds things not. on the tapis. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, so it's important because, I mean, it's, it's important to understand because when we talk about education and all of that, for certain degrees, that's important. For some spaces of work, it's important that you're able to be, you know, um, uh, sort of not cold but you need to be able to be uh, the emotion is not so much a part of it etc but here as you spoke about what it is a doula does I think that is a very very in fact the key ingredient of being a good doula somebody that like you said you know that's going to be in that space in that personal space able to help someone through you know mm -hmm. pre-birth post-birth etc is it often that you know as women we see that we, we only see the value or we only uh, bring in a doula um, post-birth and we tend to avoid you know doing it before that in that period but because i often see a lot of people talk about the doula coming in more for the baby than the mom why is it important as a doula and being a doula that you have that relationship with the mom before the baby even comes along I feel uh, building a relationship with the mom is extremely important because you're going to be in her in her comfort zone, in her space, you know. When you're in labor and when you're birthing, you're very vulnerable as a person because obviously experiencing something difficult, so you're going to be very open to the people around you with the, with the advice that they're giving you, with whatever they're offering you, you know. Like, for instance, if somebody is in pain and somebody comes and offers me something, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be susceptible to I'm going to be open to it. So with having someone there that's going to offer you those comfort measures, and if it's somebody that you're comfortable with and somebody that you've met and someone that you feel you have a connection with, it's so much more better being open towards them assisting you and helping you as to a stranger just arriving on the day and being like, okay, let me start massaging your back. You know, yeah. whereas if you know the person, if you're acquainted with your doula, if you've built this relationship in your pregnancy with your doula, it's much more comfortable. It's much more easier for you to accept that help from her, to accept that assistance from her, and also for the mom and dad to trust you, to be able to trust your advice, to say, okay, let's go with this, or let's go with that, let's change positions. So for them to be able to trust you makes a huge difference because then, it would help in the patient's progress as well. So building that relationship with both the mom and dad is extremely, extremely important. What you're saying really feeds into what you said before this in terms of the kind of personality and the type of person that you need to be because really is it is a, a people's game, you know, in terms of you constantly around people. It's not about anything else. 
but about mm-hmm. the relationships both you know with people your relationship with them their relationship with each other their relationship mm-hmm. to different uh, you know aspects of life and how they deal with trauma how they deal with difficulties etc so it really mm-hmm. makes it important to be a strong person um now coming to you know in terms of being a doula and you being a lecturer to at the belly to baby doula training um mm-hmm. We must ask a question in terms of how would one know if this is the field that they want to go in? I mean, there's so many kids right now waiting for matric results and, you know, unsure of themselves, unsure footed. How would they, you know, see this as a career path for themselves? So if if um, if a student was looking for a career path like in like maternity or nursing or you know even medicine for that matter, this would be a good first step where you would be um, introduced to certain things that you would be, you know, in like medical school or in nursing school. So it's just like a tip of the iceberg, but it it would also give um, students the the sort of feel, you know, to have like the know-how of going into hospital, attending a birth, looking at all these medical interventions, etc. So it would open your mind to exactly what it is to go into the medical field or to go into the nursing field. So I feel like if you're a student looking for something like that, this is a nice first course or first um, step towards knowing if that is for you or not. As to, you know... um, going directly into like medicine or nursing and and then you find in your first year that it's not for you that you're too squirmish or you know you only wanted to deal with mothers and babies you don't want to deal with everything else so if if your path if you think nursing or midwifery or something in that field is for you this would be a nice first course to try out to do to practice in and if it works for you then yes then register for nursing and then register for midwifery and then if you need to then go into medicine or that sort of thing so it it would be a nice first step for for students to to get into it sounds like also if like if a student is sitting back and saying I want to do something in the medical field, uh, but I'm really not sure of myself. Um, uh-huh. It would be, you know, be a good space to be in, particularly for females. Um, uh-huh. You know, in the space of I'm not sure where I want to study or where I'm allowed to study, etc. So there's a lot of things that come into play when it comes to uh-huh. choosing careers. Now, one of the big things, um, Sister Zadia, with regard to any career, let's be honest, um, is the role of passion versus easy money. Um, and how does that come into play when, you know, considering something like being a doula and studying to become a doula? Okay, so for me, um, nothing comes easy, you know. Um, having to have built my practice, um, I'm now this year, alhamdulillah, it's my 15th year practicing as a doula. Initially, it was um, it was a task, building my name, building my reputation, going out there, getting my birth doing my practical work but um, I find that what I'm going to be doing different from the course that I actually did was is mentoring my students so I'm going to make sure that my students all my students receive that mentoring from me as their lecturer so helping them actually achieve their goal achieve their certification into becoming doulas so we weren't given that when I studied 15 years ago, I wasn't given that. So I had to go to hospitals on my own, approach the matrons and say, okay, 
um, I'm studying, I need to do my practicals. You, you know, it was very difficult. There were some hospitals that were like, okay, no, you're not allowed here. Some hospitals were open, they allowed it. But I found that it took me much more longer. So this is what I'm going to change in my course that I'll be doing, my training that I'll be doing. I'll be making sure that each of my students are mentored while attain, attaining their certification and completing their theory and practical work. So yes, again, um, nothing comes easy. You have to work towards it. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, you, you're sitting at a, at a birth and like I said, you're there for 20 hours and you're so exhausted and you have your family at home and you have your kids at home and you haven't seen them for an entire day and then you're like, okay, maybe I should do something else. And then, you know, the, the mom has a birth and she has a beautiful birth outcome and you get to experience new life and you get to experience something completely, you know, out of this world, alhamdulillah, and then you go back again and you go back again. And because the appreciation that you receive from your patients, the appreciation that you receive from the family that you've assisted during the birth and during the labor process is... You, you know, nothing can, nothing can compare. And my colleague and I, we always say that, um, Sister Rueda Mula. So we always say that, that the du'as that we receive after the birth, the du'as that we receive from our patients is what actually gets us through the, the birth and what actually gets us through the labor and what actually makes us go back the next day and the next day and the next day, alhamdulillah. So working hard, sticking to your scope of practice, building a good reputation, being a people's person, being kind-hearted, you know, you have to be a person for people. You can't just say, okay, I'm doing it for the money. No, it's, it's definitely not going to work. You have to have a passion first for mothers and babies and for birth and wanting to change the birthing world. And then, yes, obviously having to make a living from it. Yeah. You mentioned Sister Rueda Mullah, and I mean, I know her... Um know from many years ago uh, and not mm -hmm. having met her for quite a while I can see you know talk about personality and the importance of that in the work that you do I can see how that would be this would be the perfect and the best space for her in terms of what she does so today I think when we talk about careers and um, looking at different aspects of careers there's, there's a lot of things that become very important yeah you've spoken about strength you've talk, talked about a lot of resilience as a doula and also the passion for it but also, I think what's really nice that you mentioned is the uh, what you get back from it is not just a financial gain. Of course, uh, you know, people always say, you know, you, you can't live and love in fresh air, let's be honest. So you've got to be able to make a living from it. But I think um, you get more than that uh, in terms of what you do and the work that you do uh, through the passion that you actually push into the into what you do. So I think it's really important to highlight that. Um, so, Sadia, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about things like the educational criteria and institutions, etc. when it comes to starting to become a doula. For now, to our listeners, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk more on this topic. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Radio Islam International with me, Sister Faiza Munchi, on this Wednesday morning. We're talking to my guest, Sister Sadia Sayed, and she's a both a birth and postnatal doula, infant massage therapist, breastfeeding consultant, Lecturer at Professional Child Care College, lecturer at Belly to Baby Doula Training, and a mom of three. So I failed to do that when we started the program, but I think it makes more sense saying all of that now, knowing what you do and knowing how much of passion you actually put into what you do, Sister Zadia. 
Now, when it comes to, uh, you know, being a doula as an education, as a career path, what are the educational uh, criteria if one wants to, you know, go into this career as a doula? And what are some of the costs involved or, uh, you know, sort of a, an idea of what it would cost for someone to do a course and, and go into this? Okay, so we've decided uh, that at least a grade 10 pass. So there isn't a sort of an educational criteria that has to be, um, you know, that's a hard and fast rule, but we find that um, a grade 10 pass is sufficient. Also the maturity level for um, someone to understand, you know, the aspect of labor, birth, motherhood, etc., would almost be there. Um, we would prefer students that are a little bit older, you know, 18 and above, because, um, you know, the understanding, it's, it's, it's the understanding that they might have with regards to birth, etc. And also while doing their practical work, while doing their theory work, they would have a better understanding of their notes, etc. Also, the lectures that I give are quite uh, comprehensive. Um, they're quite intense. So I think 18 years and older, our course, our course specifically um, costs ten thousand, um, and that is when a student is qualified from belly to baby training, they will be a birth to a prenatal doula, a birth doula, and a postnatal doula. We've also incorporated like infant massage therapy, rebozo. So there's lots of practical work that um, I've incorporated in my training. So when I trained as a doula. Um, Usually the doula training only offers like birth, becoming a birth doula, and then you have to add on other courses like becoming a postnatal doula. Um, I've added uh, personally to my certification, so I, I've studied infant massage therapy, I've done breastfeeding, I've done um, rebozo training. So all my knowledge that all my studies that I've done, I've incorporated in my training and all my doulas will be trained in this field as well. Is there a scope in South Africa when it comes to jobs for doulas? Absolutely, yes. Um, so it's definitely growing. We find that with more home birth units opening up, with more midwifery units opening up, the scope for doulas have grown. Um, most of these units have standard doulas where they, they're hired by these units to, to be permanent staff. Um, I found like in the last four to five years, I've had more gynae um, patients than anything. So these are gynees that have been referring me to their patients. I find that people are going back to birthing, um, like how our mothers and grandmothers and them birthed, where they're going more towards the natural way, um, you know, the natural route of birthing with less intervention, less drugs during the labor process. And this is where a doula comes in, where she would help a mom achieve a natural birth without any intervention, without any drugs, if need be. So yes, the scope for doulas are definitely, definitely growing. And I think it's, you know, it's, if, if you, a good doula with a good reputation and you stick to your scope of practice, this can definitely be a great career path for for, for women that are thinking on uh, embarking on this field. Would, um, you know, somebody who's at school, who's thinking of doing uh, becoming a doula, would something like uh, making sure they do life sciences in grade uh, 10, 11, and 12, if they want to, you know, go that far with school, etc., would that help them or does it really not matter? 
um, in terms um, of the really big technicalities of that? So there isn't like great uh, technicalities with regards to that. Um, I think it's more hands-on practical work Mm-hmm. That's required from from a patient as such. I mean, from a student as such. Also, um, every patient differs. So every birth that I walk into, every new client that I meet, every postnatal, every home visit that I do differs from the one before. So there's no real, you know, um, there's no real like subject, I would say, that yeah. would stand out, that would actually help you with regards to being a doula. I think you need to go in with your heart, you need to go in with your hands and just accommodate the patient as to their needs, as to what they require from you as a doula. So if you go in there and you find that they require more emotional support, you're going to be that person. Or if you go in there and they like, okay, I just need you to massage my baby. You're going to go and you're going to do exactly that. So it's about accommodating the patients that you deal with and making sure that you're not forceful with regards to the education that you have. So I can go in and say, okay, but I do breastfeeding and I do infant massage and I do this and I do that. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that might not be what they require. What maybe they just want their baby to, to be massaged or maybe they just require breastfeeding assistance. So it's about having to adapt to your patient's needs. That's most important. I know this may be a strange question, but I think it's important in understanding, you know, when we're doing something um, where self-care comes in. So as a doula, um, for yourself in particular, uh, for the people you work with, uh, you know, the doulas that you work with, how important is it for you as a doula to be healthy, to take care of yourself, to be fit, to, you know, because from what it sounds like, there's, there, there are times when it's going to be physically taxing on the body in terms of waiting for a birth, etc. How important is that process for you as a doula to be able to do your job properly? So that is of extreme importance, making sure that you eat healthy, making sure that you have your snacks with you when you attend your birth. I mean, you can't be in the middle of the birth and, and say, okay, I need to leave to go to a restaurant and go have lunch, no. So you need to make sure that if you know you're going to a birth, make sure that you pack enough um, liquids to stay hydrated, that you pack yourself a healthy lunch, getting enough sleep. So burnout is a real thing. You know, with any, I think with any career path. So making sure that after a birth, you actually take a rest day or a few hours to rest and then go again. You don't want to burn yourself out and say, okay, I'm going to do 10 births in a month because this is how, you know, I'm going to pay my expenses or what, for whatever reason. You're going to be a doula for three months and you're literally going to quit after that. So making sure that you manage your time, that you manage your health, um, is of extreme importance. I find that my um, my outlet is going to the gym, so I train five times a week because it's 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 my time. Even if it's just an hour where you know I'm running on the treadmill or whatever it is that I do inside the gym, I find that it helps me. It helps me regroup. It helps me, um, you know. I'm fresh for the next day. I feel good for the next day. Also, healthy eating is extremely important. Staying hydrated, getting enough sleep, also debriefing. So find somebody that you're comfortable with. Find a colleague that you know you can trust in the field. 
that you can talk to. So again, I have um, Sister Rueda Mullah that I chat to. So if I've been to like a, a traumatic birth or a stillbirth or for anything, you know, anything that, that might have happened at a birth or postnatal visit or I need professional advice or I just need deep briefing, I would go to her and I would chat to her and then she would give me the advice that I require. She would give me coping techniques, um, tools on how to deal, or sometimes just chatting to a friend. It doesn't even have to be a professional person in the field. Just having a coffee date with a friend and chatting to them about work is great. So having time and making that time for yourself and not working to a point where you feel like you're going to have burnout is of extreme importance for Adola. Uh, thanks so much for adding that. Uh and the final question for you, for you would be, if somebody wants to study this, how would they find out of the institutions where they want to study, um, you know, and whether you know, the certification is needed, et cetera, whatever the, the sort of message that is with regard to institutions, certification, et cetera, where's the best place to go then? Okay, so there are def- uh, different um, doula bodies uh, that's currently running in South Africa. Ours is called um, Belly to Baby Doula Training. We based at Professional Child Care College. Our first intake starts now on the 22nd of January, and then we have a second intake on the 5th of February, etc. And then we'll be running training throughout the year, inshallah. Um, we have an Instagram page, uh, Belly to Baby. We have a Facebook page, Belly to Baby. I'm happy to share my details. And um, whoever is welcome to mail me or WhatsApp me or call me, and then I'm happy to share details with regards to the course. Also, all our students will be registered with DOSA. So this is um, the umbrella that all, all training facilities are under. So we currently on the DOSA website already. So all my students will be registered with DOSA, which would then allow them to affiliate themselves with medical aids and then be able to claim from medical aids, which is much more easier for for the patients and the clients that they service, etc. Okay, all right. So you've given those details. Belly to Baby is basically the place where everyone needs to go if they want to be able to get more on your institutions, etc., and the work that you do. Jazakallah so much for all your time uh, on the program today, Sadia. Helping, inshallah, it's a great year ahead for you. Amin. Jazakallah for having me and have a good day further, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. That was my guest, Sister Sadia Sayed, who is a doula and who has been, um, you know, talking to us really about being a doula, but also the, the emotions, the passion, uh, what you need to know, what you don't need to know, what's the strengths and weaknesses that you could have with it. But also, you know, important to know who, who whoever wants to go into it, um, understanding the kind of personality you might need, understanding the kind of strength you might need, etc. So it was a wonderful conversation for those of you looking to do this as a career path. Inshallah, that was very helpful for you. For now, a break. When we come back, we do life lessons. Stay tuned. Make a difference today. Join hands with the Lanesia Muslim Association to bring positive change to our community. Donate now to support education, maintain masajids, and uplift the less privileged. Be a catalyst for change. 
Together, we can make a lasting impact. Call us today at 011-854-3082 or visit www.lma.org.za to contribute towards a brighter future. In South Africa, countless numbers of sick patients leave their homes at the crack of dawn to join long queues at clinics and public hospitals, many of them suffering pangs of hunger in addition to the symptoms of disease. The Al-Imdad Foundation's Slice for Life teams deliver sandwiches to these patients at more than 40 hospitals and clinics across the country. Help us to keep on relieving hunger. Donate online at alimdad.com or call 0861-786-243 for more information. Bees gather nectar from the freshest flowers, so their honey is pure. That's why Old Mutual and Al Baraka Bank offer you a range of Sharia-compliant unit trusts that grows your wealth whilst protecting the environment, improving social conditions, and promoting good governance. Invest with faith. Old Mutual Al Baraka Sharia Funds. Visit oldmutualinvest.com or contact your financial advisor. Old Mutual Unit Trust Managers is an approved collective investment scheme manager and can be contacted for their fees and charges. Albaraka Bank is an authorized financial services and credit provider. Shiraz Fitment Center now offers expert tire fitment to all vehicles. For all your vehicle tire requirements, wheel alignment and balancing, look no further than Shiraz Fitment Center. For your convenience, we offer a free tire safety inspection. Call 011-213-1100 and speak to our Fitment Center team today or visit us at the corner of Nirvana Drive and Protea Avenue, Linasia. Shiraz Fitment Center, your one-stop tire fitment partner. Man has always dreamed of getting to the other side. Some make it, some don't. But at least your phone calls get there because Rescue 786 Ambulance knows the value of life from way down here to way up there. So donate now and help us to grow the service and assist all of humanity. Contact us on 060-8786-911 or email us at admin at rescue786.co.za. Health, fitness, trends, technology. This is a new age, and we're together through it all. Radio Islam International, the world is our community. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to New Horizons with me, Sister Faiza Munchi, on Radio Islam International. Today on um, Life Lessons, this is a space where we ponder weekly about the little things and the big things that take place in our world and the lessons that we derive from it. Um, you know, earlier on in the program, we just started, we told, I, I spoke very briefly about the fact that schools, a lot of schools open today. And for many thousands of school learners today, um, you know, they went out to school. Some of them may have taken all their stuff to schools. They were very responsible. They did all their stuff themselves. And for some, it may have not been so. What I want to talk about today is the challenges of mollycoddling our children. So, uh, you know, doing everything for them. In life, we often feel the need to do everything for our children. I'm speaking about this again from a mother's perspective. So, uh, it takes away from um, perhaps the guilt of a working mother to say, okay, I'm going to make sure that everything is done for my children. Every piece of stationery is, you know, labeled for them. It doesn't matter how old they are, I will do it. Their books will be covered. The, the bags will be packed, everything will be in place for them. 
And that may for a working mother take away from the guilt that she goes to work. Because as mothers, we feel guilty about everything. We feel guilty about working, about not working, about all of it, right? Which is a conversation, obviously, for another day. But And then on the other side of it, you have perhaps stay-at-home moms who feel that doing this, doing every aspect of this for their children gives them the sense of worth, gives them a sense of purpose. And, you know, um, and then you get even the mix of, uh, um, you know, a, a woman who's a stay-at-home mom, but also has sort of part-time work or is running a business. And again, there's that pull of, let me do everything for my children because, you know, I am here and I am available for them and I can do this for them. So there's, I think the one side of it is what it does for us as women is that feeling of maybe purpose or takes away the guilt, etc. But I want to, I want to talk about the lesson learned from this right um this this feeling of we need to do it all for them make sure everything's okay make sure everything's in place so that they don't go to school and are ostracized or they don't go to school and something of theirs is old in their pencil case or uh, you know everything's just perfectly in place for them and i want to talk about briefly what i've seen over time with or in conversations i've had with people about what this does with children um and perhaps what we can learn from you know this process um, this need for us to do it all for our kids, you know, may just to many, to some kids it may not, but a lot of the time, the behavior becomes an entitled behavior from our children. Uh, the very kids that we kind of mollycoddle and we love and care for to the point of doing everything for them may become quite irresponsible, right? And what does this mean then often? Often this means if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a working mom, or if, you know, doing both, you know, part-time both in just trying to juggle everything. Oftentimes, this means that you're going to be driving to school for either forgotten lunch bags, forgotten sports bags. I'm not saying that for those who, you know, build that responsibility into their children, there won't be the odd day where they forget it. But I think of, more often than not, is our kids that are that are mollycoddled, that are um, made, that, that are, you know, everything's done for them. School lunches are done, everything's packed, and all they have to do is literally pick up a bag and take it to school. More often than not, those are the kids that are forgetting their bags at home, forgetting their sports bags, um, forgot to take their speech, have, haven't taken some something or the other, right? And in speaking about this issue with people, the biggest the biggest eye opener for me was um, when people mentioned to me when we spoke about this as a life lesson, and I'd like to get other people's opinions before I share it on air. Is the biggest one for me was the lack of acknowledgement and the lack of gratitude that we get. So here's the thing: as a mother. You are constantly doing something without the acknowledgement. And at some point, the very kids that you're doing this for may very well uh, may, may very well turn around and say to you, but I didn't ask you to do it. You offered to do it. Or you just did it on your own. It wasn't something that I had asked you to do. And I think that is the biggest, um, I think that is the point where mothers, you know, would step back and take a deep breath and almost feel hurt by it. And I think that's why we as mothers, we feel this need to just do everything for our children because then, you know, they may maybe they'll love us more or maybe there'll be some sort of acknowledgement, gratitude, etc. But I do think the life lesson here for today is that we need to step back a little bit. You know, giving them, let's do this for our kids, um, alhamdulillah, that we give them a sense of responsibility and duties. We find that many times only when someone does something themselves do they see the value in the task and if we use a practical example of our children and something that as mothers we often do if a practical simple example is making a sandwich and toasting the sandwich right so for a child who's who's 
taken on the responsibility of making their school lunch. They will make, they'll, they'll do their school lunch and be responsible and make sure they'll take it with them first of all because they put in that effort to make the school lunch. How often is it that as a mother you may stand there, you, you know, you've made this amazing school lunch and pack these boxes and it's left on the sideline because the child has not had an engagement with that. They've not had some sort of work or responsibility put into that process. So they don't see the, they don't see the value of it. And so in this process, something as simple as a school lunch example is that when we as mothers feel the absolute need, um, you know, to get that value from our families, our children, those around us, because we've, we make the most beautiful lunches or that acknowledgement and that gratitude, it stops at some point. It almost becomes that this is your response. You, you took this on as a mother, so now we expect this from you and we don't even have to be grateful for it. When on the other side, the life lesson that we're taking today is let's give our children small forms of responsibility so that when something comes their way, whether it's a school lunch that's been toasted um, and, and packed for them, they will be so grateful because they, you know, they were kind of, they were late that day or they, they had a lot going on the previous day and you'd, you'd done it for them today, where often they'd be doing that for themselves. And they'll be grateful for that because they understand the process. They understand what it takes. So when they uh you know when they when they at school and they've got all of their stuff because they've been responsible enough to pack it um and take it with them then they feel good about themselves and i think for for many of us the the challenge would be now is being able to implement that sense of responsibility and follow through on it so being able to implement that from you know every maybe perhaps every odd day and then starting every day making sure that the kids are doing certain tasks or taking on certain responsibilities when it comes to them getting their things ready for school. And for us as mothers, who are often the ones who feel so bad if our child is at school and they don't have their school lunch or they don't have their pencil case or they haven't taken their assignment or they're going to fail because they left their project behind because they were late, because they woke up late and their alarm didn't go off. It, whatever that whole process is, I think we all understand it because everyone in some way or the other has probably been through it either with them with one or, or more of their children, then I think that is the responsibility and the challenge for us in the lesson is that we've got to hold back on actually dropping that off on that day. And I think for many of us, that will probably be the hardest part of the process is being able to say, I'm really sorry, but this was all you. This, this responsibility was given to you. You understood it. You knew it. We've had time to, you know, get this into place. Um, so that school pencil case or that project or that sports bag or whatever is not going to be dropped off. And so as I have learned the lesson that doing so much for you and doing everything for you has led to this lack of responsibility, your life lesson now is going to be that if I don't put in the effort, if I don't follow through on my responsibilities, if I don't take on these duties and tasks seriously, if I don't put that effort in, that I'm going to be the one at school that doesn't have their sports clothes or their school lunches, whatever it might be. So I think that is one of the things. I think coming into the new year and coming into the first day of school, I thought it was an appropriate, you know, first day kind of school life lesson that many of us as moms find really, really difficult to follow through on. We find it really hard that our children may be, you know, in some sort of disadvantaged space at school because they had a hard day the previous day, but Every day then becomes a hard day for our kids if we're doing it for them every day. So there is a space where our children have come to the point where they're responsible every single day. We know that they always do it. They help out. They take their lunches. They pack their things. They're always responsible. There may be those days where 
you know, they, they've really forgotten because something, they've had a traumatic event, they've had a busy day, they've had a, a, whatever trouble they've been through perhaps the previous day. And there's, so there's space there for empathy, there's space there for compassion, for being able to say that my child even made their lunch and forgot it because there was so much on their mind. But I think the idea here is that as women, doing this task every day, and then starting to see their entitlement, starting to see the lack of gratitude, starting to see the lack of acknowledgement, uh, almost to the point where at some point at a certain age, it's turned around to the point of, you know what? Um, this is something that's your responsibility as a mother. So it's a very fine line there. And I think that's where we may have to start coming in before all of that happens. Now, whilst we still have the point of, you know, we can teach them the responsibility and also for them to be able to f show gratitude. because. That life lesson will go in, in the world with them. When they see people at work and the work that they've got to do, and it just anything that we learn in terms of being able to be kinder, nicer, more responsible, more responsible is always a good thing. So that was for today, inshallah. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's program, alhamdulillah. Until next time, from me, Sister Faiza Munshi, I hope you will have a wonderful, wonderful week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.